Welcome to the Marketing in the Wild podcast. I'm Julia from Stratus Creative Marketing, where we are obsessed with finding real life in the wild stories about business and marketing. Everybody, I am excited to introduce to you my new friend, Jamie. Um, She runs a business, and she'll tell you a little bit about it, but the way I found her was through our photo camper business. So if you guys have been around for a second, you heard that Roger and I bought a photo camper. Um, Jamie and I connected through that, and I've just been watching her grow this business, and so I'm excited to get to talk to her. So Jamie, tell us a little bit about you um, and your business. All right. So um, I'm a Tennessee girl born and raised, um, married an Air Force boy, ended up here in Utah, fell in love with the mountains, the four seasons, the lack of critters, (laughs) decided to make Utah home. Uh Um, I've got two kids. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of me. I went from kind of a law enforcement background to now a farmer. So, yeah. Tell us about your farm. Like, you've got flowers, you have trees. Like, what, like, tell us a little bit about it. So, we, when we got to Utah, we realized there was like a lack of U-cut Christmas tree farms. I mean, there were no Uh Christmas tree farms except for like one, and it's, pretty small so they can only handle a certain amount of people um owning a christmas tree farm has been a dream of mine for about 12 to 15 years when we went to one in columbus mississippi i fell in love with the idea i fell in love with our experience and every year we kept revisiting that dream and we would just talk about what if what if we had this christmas tree farm what if we did this and what if we did that and it was always this fun dream to talk about but never mm-hmm. one that we kind of took seriously, mainly because he was active duty Air Force. So we really never knew where home was going to be. Um, but then mm-hmm. once we got here and then honestly, once COVID hit and started having deeper conversations about, you know, what do we really want out of life? Um, what do we, what would, you know, what would really fulfill us? And it was making this Christmas tree farm. Um, here in Utah, mm-hmm. it's difficult to get a good piece of land. Um, it's very yeah. expensive here, and they're hard to come by. I mean, you're a lot. You're competing with developers, um, so it took us a couple mm-hmm. of years before we found this property. We wrote the family a letter explaining what we wanted to do with this property, and they loved the idea, and so they accepted our offer right away. And um, it was way more land than we ever imagined we would get. So okay. we were like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. We only need this much land for Christmas trees. What else can we do? Mm-hmm. And my dad has always been real big into flowers. And um, I've grown up around them. And then I saw where other Christmas tree farmers to help kind of supplement their farm throughout the year. They were adding flowers, whether it's you know, sunflower patches mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, oh, we could do that. We could add flowers. And so very mm-hmm. quickly when we bought the farm, we threw t- our first 1,200 trees in the ground. And then I did a test patch of flowers. And I was like, well, let me see if I can do this first before we just 
mm-hmm. throw ourselves into it. And then, yeah, like the test patch, everything bloomed, everything looked gorgeous. And I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. I can totally do this. That's awesome. So we just did it times like six or seven the size. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, And so you guys actually just had your opening weekend this past weekend, right? We sold out. How did it go? And we had, I kid Mm -hmm. you not, we had people drive anywhere from like right up the road to about an hour and 45 minutes. We had somebody fly in from Georgia, come to our opening night. No way. That's awesome. A a friend Mm -hmm. of mine who she actually created our logo. She has been a big supporter of us. Okay. Come out here opening day. Um, It was perfect though. We set the um, crowd limit to what we thought, what we, what we thought we wanted. We don't want the farm to ever feel crowded. Mm -hmm. So we almost right. want to make sure that we have less people than we can actually serve because we want people to come out here and feel mm-hmm. like they kind of have the farm to themselves and not feel like it's overrun with a ton of other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, based off this weekend, that's what we plan on doing moving forward. That yeah. max amount of people just adding more events. Yeah. Um, JB, I love that because I feel like most people are thinking the opposite. Like, how do we get as many people out here? And you're like, no, let's elevate the experience. So it's more about the experience than it is about like the numbers, which is going to set you guys apart from everybody. So that was a big Mm -hmm. deal to me is the flowers are great. The flowers are pretty. The flowers are fun. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I mean, they're the core of it all. But for me the feeling that the farm gives it you could take the flowers away and you could mm-hmm. still get that feeling and I didn't want that to be lost mm-hmm. in a crowd so it was very important mm-hmm. for me yeah. to have crowd management very important for me to have that vibe that feeling and so perfectly content with how that all went down mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. An opening weekend is a big deal. Um, So I'm curious, like, um, so this summer, like, we have been going through and interviewing women from all sorts of different entrepreneurship backgrounds. So one of the questions that we asked them all is, what's been, like, the hardest thing about business? Well, I think the hardest thing for us initially is just the learning curve of learning something new. Um, mm-hmm. we do not come back. We don't come from a farming background, we know nothing about agriculture, but especially the Utah climate, the mm-hmm. Utah soil, you know, anything I've ever saw my dad do was in Tennessee where they got plenty of rain and mm-hmm. the soil's different. The air is different. Like, and then, so now I'm trying to do something that's really big scale to us, mm-hmm. um, in a climate that I'm not just familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so, and then also, you know, irrigation, there's no such, you don't have irrigation in Tennessee. You don't need yeah. it. Like you get the storms. Well, here you are dependent on irrigation. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to transform canal irrigation into simple drip irrigation, like mm-hmm. so foreign us a year ago. And now we're like, Oh, it's simple. This is just, me. <laughs> um, but I would say initially it's just that learning curve of new problem arises. And then you're like, how do I fix this? How do I figure this out? Um, 
But also, my husband and I, neither one of us are from a business background. Mm. Um, and so he, I feel like, is more business oriented than I am. Mm. I like doing the hard work, I like creating the space and everything. I, you know, I have things in mind and plans, but I don't like the business part. I don't like mm-hmm. asking for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like charging people. I don't like marketing, honestly. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I feel kind of dirty trying to sell myself. Uh-huh. Um, it's so that has been, I think, the hardest part. Uh-huh. And it's trying to know your worth, mm-hmm. know your time's worth, and what your offering's worth. Mm-hmm. And, For um, sure. I think that just takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I mean, I think it's like also like a muscle to be flexed and like to like strengthen because I've, I've been in the same boat where it's like weird to ask for money, but then over time it like gets easier in the sense that you're like, well, I do actually have to buy groceries. So um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what has been like the most rewarding part or like the best part of um this business knew the second you were going to ask this i was going to cry oh (laughs) Um, i just uh you know seeing what your you know years of dreams years of visions actually come to life Mm -hmm. um holding a baby christmas tree in your hand Mm-hmm. And knowing that someday some family, some couple, somebody is coming to take that and make that a tradition home. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been the most rewarding. I mean, we've been open one weekend. We've owned this yeah. farm one just over a year. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the little things come to life and um, so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And, and we've put, and everybody does when they're starting a business, so many hours, so many blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, literal blood, sweat, and tears yeah. to this farm. And um, to see people out walking around, picking your flowers, taking pictures, smiling, mm-hmm. um, worth it. Worth mm-hmm. every single minute of, of it all. And mm-hmm. I imagine for Christmas when we open, it's going to be a whole another world of, yeah. I think, um, reward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I have loved seeing you guys. So for everybody who is not familiar with their farm, like it's a you pick your own flowers um, farm. You guys sell them by like the the bundle, right? Like the cup. Is that what Whatever it's Whatever you can fit in your cup. Yeah, um, yeah, which is such a cool thing. But then also people have been taking like photos and like, like how cool where people can kind of use them as backdrops um yeah. and things like that. So what yeah. a cool what a cool experience. I love it. Um so I I have some questions about flowers and trees. How long does it take to grow a Christmas tree? Oh my goodness. That's like the million dollar question. Um okay. a lot of it goes there's a lot at play whether it be soil health um so we're hoping that we'll have our trees ready to be harvested within seven to eight years. Um, okay. You know, we make sure they get adequate water. 
we fertilize after they've been in our soil for one year. Um, but honestly, I don't know. Like okay. we, our tree field is 10 acres and we plant one acre a year. So we put ourselves on a 10 year cycle in case it is that longer. Okay. Span. But seven would be the earliest and that's like, they're really going. Yeah. Eight to nine is probably average and 10 is like a little on the, it's taken a while. So you're in this for the long game, Jamie. Like, Oh yeah. You're investing a lot without getting anything back for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. That's why. Well, and I guess that would be kind of nice about like the flower aspect is that you do have something that's annual, um, that you're seeing like the fruition of your labor or the fruits of your labor. And then we also will bring in pre-cut trees starting this year to still offer that tree farm experience until our trees are ready oh, yeah. to be harvested. Mm-hmm. And then we'll keep the pre-cut trees even when ours are ready because there are going to be people who don't want to hike all the way out there and get their tree. There will be people who maybe want a different species than what we can grow here. Mm-hmm. So we plan on keeping the pre-cuts from this year until okay. Oh, the end. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, how do you decide what flowers to plant? So for me, it was whatever I could put straight into the ground. <laughs> okay. I did not want to pre-start flowers. Uh-huh. I didn't want to put seeds in trays in February mm-hmm. or March. It was what is going to grow if I direct sow it into, if I put that seed into the ground, what's going to grow? Okay. That's what I decided. I I love it. I <laughs> I tried starting seeds once and it was an utter fail. So like I, it's just I, a lot <laughs> and a, a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And, and we're also trying to manage our time throughout the year totally. of when we're kind of working on the farm and kind of not. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't want to add this extra mm-hmm. chore, extra job um, in the winter. So nope, I was like. May 15th, I can stick it in the ground and it'll grow me a flower. <laughs> That's what's going to grow. If not, I don't want it. Yeah. What are some of your favorite flowers that you've grown so far? My favorite out there is the Queen Anne's Lace. You okay. know, I was telling my dad about it and he was like, you know, that grows like a weed here. <laughs> and I was like, I don't ever remember a weed that looked like this growing up in Tennessee. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, uh. I think they're beautiful. Um this year we added dahlias. So okay. we didn't grow dahlias last year and they're just now starting to bloom and they're so cool because mm. they're so different. Yeah. Like, and they're just gorgeous and intricate. So I imagine dahlias will be the Queen Anne's lace and the dahlias are probably going to be my favorite. Yeah. Um, I've seen pictures of them. They're beautiful. Um, so I have a question for you. Um, you said that you hate marketing but you're good at social media. Like, um, how, like, how do you figure out what to put on your social media? Well, I had a, a travel account prior to starting the farm. Um, Mm -hmm. I did full-time like travel blogging and, um, I worked with a lot of big brands with that. Um, our travel account actually grew to like 30,000 over a course of a couple of years. And then, COVID hit yeah. and then and travel I, just like got decimated. So mm-hmm. travel stopped. I stopped. We bought the farm. I for real stopped. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we've lost a lot, which, but that was practice for me, I think, for this, honestly, mm-hmm. because I did 
all the tricks of the trades and was like, oh, I got to abide by the rules and I got to do this and I got to mm-hmm. do that to grow. And sometimes it was so tedious. And when I moved over to the farm account, I said, you know what? I'm going to post what I want to post, how I want to post, what time of the day I want to post, mm-hmm. how often I want to. Like, I threw the rules out the door. Like, I just, I still keep it niche, like right. what I post on my feed. Like, I still keep it about the farm. But as far as like all these crazy rules, I just was like, no, thank you. Like, don't mm-hmm. have the time or energy for that. It'll, it'll pop up when it pops up and some do some posts do better than others. And that's Mm -hmm. just how it works. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. What I love seeing is you get a lot of interactions on your posts. Um, (laughs) I'm like one of these creepers who reads like comments on people's posts um, because I'm like, what, like what kinds of conversations are they starting? And so I feel like you're, you're growing this like community around the farm, which like to me from the outside, like, you care about people's experience on the farm. Like to me, like even this community aspect is going to be really important um, for you guys. Yeah. So from day one, there have been people who have been following us have been extremely supportive. And when they're like, Oh, I can't wait to come to the farm. I'm always like, okay, you've got to let me know when you come, mm-hmm. got to come say hi, because I need a hug. Yeah. Back. Like there are, I think there are people genuinely emotionally invested in this mm-hmm. farm, in this dream. And um, they've been a part of it since we were literally putting offers on land and being rejected yeah. and told no. So, um, and then now we're having opening day. So yeah, I definitely feel like we have this community of people when bad things have happened. I mean, people have asked to come out and help. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's a big deal. I feel like that's pretty cool. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, and that's yeah. like... I mean, like, that's the whole idea around social is, like, um, to be social, like, to build connections. Like, I love that. So I'm curious. um, So our mission, our organization's mission is to help people improve their relationship with their social media, especially businesses. Based on your experience with, like, the farm account, like, what would be some tips that you would give other entrepreneurs about social media? So I think um, any tips for social media, I feel like it's good to kind of keep your feed niche related, but be, um, share all of it. Mm-hmm. Share the good, share the bad, share the ugly. I promise you, people don't want to keep seeing pretty flowers mm-hmm. all the time. They want to see, they want to see you struggle. Uh-huh. They want to see the hard work or where you fall short. Some of my favorite people who have motivated me to do this because they showed their where they have fallen, mm-hmm. where they fell short, where they failed. Um, share it all. And then I think stories are way more important than people realize. Mm-hmm. Stories are where you connect. Mm-hmm. That's where you get more on a personal level. And you don't have to share just farm stuff in the stories. I mean, sure, yeah, share some. Mm-hmm. But then I have a connection of people who love ice cream because I share my ice cream flavors of the week or, um, you know, just little odd end things where I don't like the summer. I I'm a fall girl. I'm a cool weather girl. (laughs) Well then that's where you connect with people. Uh And I feel like stories is where you start having conversations Mm -hmm. and you really start to connect with people Mm -hmm. on a person to person level, Mm -hmm. a business to person, 
a person to person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like stories are so important. And I'm not saying go out there and share 150 stories where people are like, (laughs) but you know, spark some conversation. Yes, totally. I feel like it's the conversations that's going to build that bond. And those bonds are going to be your support later on in your business. Yes, I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. Um, So, Jamie, as we wrap up, where can people find you and find the farm? So, um, I would say that I share most everything on Instagram Uh at Once Upon a Christmas Tree Farm. I try to equally share on Facebook. It just depends on how friendly Facebook is being, whether or not they'll accept the real or not. Right. Um, but most of the stories from Instagram go straight to Facebook. So I'm on both Instagram, Facebook, then we have our website. And then we also have our email subscriber list, which if you're an email subscriber, anytime we add something to the farm or mm-hmm. our opening date, mm-hmm. first, kind of the first to know basis mm-hmm. goes to our email subscribers first before we share it to social media. Mm-hmm. So they get first dibs. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait for everybody to listen to this. Um, I am going to have to, I have a 16-month-old. We're going to have to come out to the farm before the fall and come and pick some flowers. So, um, yes, yes, you have yes. to for sure. Um, sweet. Well, thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate your time and your insight. Oh, well, thank you so much. Friends, Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast episode. I'm so glad that you have. If you've enjoyed it as much as we have, I just ask you to subscribe so you know each time we have a new episode coming out. If you loved our podcast and want to give us a rating or a review, I promise we will read each and every one of them. A special shout out to our friend, Carson Childers, who is producing our podcast. We really appreciate him and all the hard work that he's done for us. Also, thanks to the Stratos team. They have been behind the scenes doing all of the graphic design, brainstorming, etc., etc. Really, this wouldn't be possible without them. I'm thankful for each and every one of you guys. Lastly, listener, we'll be back next week, and I hope you will be too. <laughs>